All right, guys, before we get started, you know the drill. Hit like and subscribe. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Today, we're a little late to the party, but we like to do our research. We like to, you know, really digest our nerd pop culture content before we put an episode out. This is the way. This is the way. (laughs) I have spoken. (laughs) Today, we're talking about The Mandalorian. I am super excited about this. Rumi, you excited about this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good show. I'm hoping by now everybody has seen it. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but we're going to be Spoiler dropping alert. knowledge. I was going to say knowledge bombs, but I yeah. guess it's more like knowledge thermal detonators. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mm. we're going to get some nerdy shit here today. Oh, we're turning man. the nerd yeah. up to we're, 11. We're loading up the tie bomber to drop some knowledge bombs on you guys. We're getting some deep dive nerd them in, and we have a special guest today on The Mandalorian. Mando! Doom, doom, doom. Sequence start. Six, five, four. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. I'm Matt. Today we're talking about the Mandalorian. We're gonna talk about the Mandalorian, but it's 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 too much for just two men to talk about. So we needed an expert because look, I, I mean, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I'm pretty much original three trilogy and books from the '90s and 2000s. I am not a deep dive. I've never watched Rebels. Anything that has to do with the prequels, I'm out. And this is funny because we just talked about this recently, yeah. where I was telling you that both Clone Wars, the cartoon, and Rebels were worth watching. You've for said sure. that. Yeah. If there's a battle droid in it, I'm out. And and that is <laughs> that is fair, but it, it, it's it's worth watching. I have a buddy who is going to chat with us here who's watched all of these. Uh Kyle, welcome to the Launchpad podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing great, Kyle. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're really excited to have you on because like I said, I I I am very reserved in my start. I still have deep deep wounds. I'm talking like vibroblade deep wounds. Nerd, Nerd from <laughs> Nerd. Yeah. From from the prequels so I need I needed we needed an expert to come in and help us out so so you're a big Star Wars fan I'm a huge Star Wars fan I've been watching Star Wars since I was young starting from the original trilogy to the prequel to now the final sequel series and also all the TV shows in between Rebels and the Clone Wars you're on board with the TV shows right oh yeah very much so all right uh, I was explaining to Aaron like the, the Clone Wars has a couple Jar Jar Binks episodes Boo. and there's a couple of those episodes where like R2 has has a little couple robot squad unit with some little frog as a commander. Like you could do without handfuls of episodes here or there, but some of the world building and myth building that they do there, it's crucial and it's cool as hell. It's a totally different world with the, the animated series that Dave Filoni has produced. He's also now co-producer with John Favreau on the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, let's dive into the Mandalorian right off the bat. Like hearing that Disney Plus was rolling out this streaming service, and we were like, okay, cool. What's going to be on? Like, you know, all the stuff that you like, Disney, Mickey Mouse, all those like, you know, Aladdin, Little Mermaid. And then they're like, and a Star Wars live action show. <laughs> that was their that was their pitch. I remember when they dropped that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they dropped that press release. <laughs> it's exactly how- the guy was like spitting his necklace. Like, well, you know, uh- <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, you guys. Come on, it'll be great. And a Star Wars show. And we were like, what? And he's like, mm. yeah, John Favreau is going to make a Star Wars show. And we were like, I'm listening. And he's like, it's going to be called 
the Mandalorian and I lost my mind. I was like, I'm so excited for this. The pictures started coming out and they had like stormtrooper helmets on spikes. Mm. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. Then that first trailer came out. We saw an IG, it turns out it's IG-11, going ham, swinging around, shooting shooting stormtroopers. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. See, now you know how I go approach this stuff. Kyle, I think you know too, because I met you a couple years ago and we've nerded out quite a few times, but I'm the kind of guy that doesn't watch trailers unless I see it in my mind organically. So I won't go on a computer and watch a trailer. So I never saw a Mandalorian trailer. I actually oh. didn't even know John Favreau was involved Damn. until I watched it. I was that far removed until I saw the credits. That so you saw John it. Favreau did mad it. fresh. Really? And oh, I really, wow. and I was, my main concern when I heard the announcement was I thought they were just going to be pandering. I was like, oh, so you're making a Boba Fett TV show. So all of us nerds could like, oh, Boba Fett. Uh. And <laughs> I got to say, I didn't felt pandered to at all. I felt like someone who cared about the same things that I cared about made a really fun kick-ass show. It is in no way Breaking Bad, but it was fun as shit and it was exactly the Star Wars I wanted. It's the best Star Wars, I think, since Return of the Jedi. 100%. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's a total spaghetti Western-type, samurai-type feel. Pretty much what the show's about. It's about this one lone ranger, the Mandalorian, that is just going on all these bounty hunter missions. You're nailing it, Kyle. When you say spaghetti Western, that's speaking my language because I felt that from the get-go, you're like, this is like an old 70s spaghetti Western. It also, you said samurai. It's lone wolf and cub. Mm-hmm. I mean, for those who haven't watched it, spoiler alert, but I mean, you're listening at this You far. had to have yeah. seen Baby Yoda pictures by now, right? So he, he finds a Baby Yoda. This is the, He's sp- sent to kill a 50-year-old Mark, and it turns out it's a it's a baby whatever a Yoda is. Yes, it's not actually Yoda. We know that, but we're calling him Baby Yoda. I'm, I don't even give a fuck. He's, he's, he, maybe he's a clone. Maybe he's a new, new member of the species. We don't know. We're going to find out later, but he finds this Baby Yoda, and then him and Baby Yoda are on the lamb running away. And this is basically the plot of Lone Wolf and Cub, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite samurai series. And I think it would be awesome in the future is if he loads up the the floating carriage that Baby Yoda lives in with some weapons and guns yeah. and stuff. And like we really get some Lone Wolf and Cub moments. That'd be <laughs> sick as hell. Now, when the show started, we all saw those pictures come out of Mandalorian walking with that floating, you know, baby bassinet with yeah. little Yoda inside. And when I saw that, I had not seen the show. I, I knew it was going to be, you know, a serial show about a Mandalorian, but I didn't really know what it would do. When I saw that, I was like, "Ugh, you're jumping into cowboy and samurai tropes on the fucking poster for the first or second episode." Oh no, it's so and cool! And I was though. like, everyone on on Facebook was was spitting and loving Baby Yoda. Oh, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. And I was like, it's pretty cute, but it's not that cute. Then you watch the show, and I totally buy their relationship. I totally buy that he's going against his years and years of code and training to take care of this baby. And that baby is really fucking cute. Like you can't right. help but yeah, be like, help "I want one of those." Oh my god, I want a Baby Yoda so bad. I know that's the trend right now is everybody's talking about the Baby Yoda, the, all the memes, the oh. merchandise over at Disneyland. I know my fiance and I, we just went to Disneyland. They just dropped a bunch of merch. They still don't have any of the plushes, but oh. they got like a bunch of t-shirts, hats, cups, Oh, you know why they don't have the plushes? Why is that? You just went in the store and looked for them, right? You got to get a fucking tracking fob and then you got to find that shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, be, you need a bounty puck to check that shit out. <laughs> to Disney's credit, like everyone knew quite a few of the toys and the characters we were going to see because they were making toys of them and mm. you could look online and see the pre-orders and the names of the of the toys that were about to be made yeah. like people were looking at the patents for the toys and stuff like that and Disney was like we can't spoil this so we're going to hold off through a Christmas season yeah, yeah. the hottest thing that's going to yep. be coming out of that show they held off because they know they're getting our money they know it doesn't matter if it's Christmas it's today or yeah, tomorrow right, tomorrow yeah 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 oh man so props to them for not spoiling Baby Yoda up front because holy 
shit, what a reveal. And that's in the first episode. He goes to, yep. he, he gets a, a tracking puck from <laughs> Carl Weathers. From Apollo Creed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grief Karga. Yeah. <laughs> He's the worst part of this thing for me. Uh, I mean, no offense, Carl Weathers, but he is not a good actor. Hello, Mando. And it's like, don't you teach oh, an acting school agree? in a different TV show? <laughs> <laughs> can we agree not to call him Mando? I can't stand nope, Mando. Nope. I love Mando. <laughs> No. <laughs> Kyle, how do you feel about calling this awesome badass warrior Mando? Given that his name is Din Djarin, I mean, that's more the we're supposed to call him now, but I think it caught on with the whole Mando thing. I mean, in the beginning, when I first thought that this was going to be a Boba Fett series, and then all of a sudden, we're like, no, it's a totally different character. It's this whole different Mandalorian story in the Star Wars culture, and I think the Mando part is just something that's come on with this culture, which, you know, is part of the way, this is the way type Thing. Hell yeah, this is the way. Get on board with this Mando. Hey, Rumi, I have a, I have a song for you. The, man, the Mando <laughs> song. So, because it's a spaghetti western, I thought that it really felt like, and even the music at the end has like a spaghetti western mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Neo Morricone. It really reminds me of the Sergio Corbucci Django. Okay. Django is a guy dragging a coffin, and inside the coffin there is a uh, Gatling gun, and the song in that is awesome, and we'll talk about it in our spaghetti westerns episode, but mm-hmm. here's the song for the Mando. Mando! Doom, doom. Chicka, 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 boom. Na na na, Mando. Over and over again. That's all. It's great. <laughs> you you wrote that, Rumi? Just now. Yeah. Wow. Mando. <laughs> doom doom. Chicka 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 boom. <laughs> Uh, you should get that patent right now. Right now, right? That. Disney, call me. I'm willing to do live performances anywhere you want, but I guarantee you this song will, will at least in this episode, you'll hear it a couple times, I promise. Uh, I'm vetoing that right now. If you say Mandalorian, that's better. Ugh. Mando just... It, multi, the problem is multiple... The problem for me with that is it just sounds so like cute and kitschy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like when Spider-Man calls like Doc Ock, Aki, or something like that. It's like, who fucking talks like that? I wish like Joker only calls one Batman person. bats. Yeah, but, but like it, it would be okay if it was one character. Like if only Apollo Creed. What's Apollo Creed's character's name, uh, Kyle? Oh, Grief Karga. If Grief Karga was the only one that called him Mando, if that was like his thing, his way to be cool. Yeah, they had. I a, would get that. But like multiple people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he hated, right? Yeah. I would think he'd hate that. But everybody calls him that. But there's. I got that being said. There's very few things in this whole first season that I did not like. It was tons of fun. Absolutely. And he, you know, we have some huge actors in this. There's a lot of great cameos in this. Mm-hmm. Werner Herzog, one of my favorites. And I'll, sure. I'll get to that. But he's the client. He hires the Mandalorian to go hunt down this baby Yoda mm-hmm. and bring him back alive. He goes out. And like the first episode, we have this just these amazing battle moments where he meets up with an IG-11 unit and they're both hunting the same guy, but they have to like storm this fort. And it's this just bitching scene. Now, I mean, we've seen IG-88 from Empire Strikes Standing back. there in, in yeah. Empire Strikes Back, he's this badass assassin <laughs> who just stands there. But to get to see one of these units go ham was amazing. In a totally believable logistical way that makes sense and it's just like so fucking cool. Oh, that battle scene was amazing. I, I literally dropped my jaw and the controller that I was watching TV, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. They actually have an IG unit that is twisting around, shooting guys behind his back, turning his head 360 degrees and he's just taking out guys one by one effortlessly. It's funny the part that you're saying, you know, when they're getting trapped and the Mandalorian's like, we're going to have to find a different way. And then he's like, well, I'm, I can always self-terminate. Yeah. And he keeps 
trying to terminate yeah. himself. And <laughs> he keeps the trying to blow up. like, stop, no, don't do that. <laughs> and the fact that we come back to that at the end of the series mm-hmm. was super mm-hmm. cool. A super cool callback that like, he's like, well, I could always self-destruct. And they're like, oh, well, I guess this time's better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually, and it, there's, yeah. I thought the, the cooler callback too was there's multiple times where he holds his arms out, you know, like Boondock Saints style and is shooting people at 180 degrees and then spins his torso while his legs are still walking forward. It's super cool. Later in the in the series when he's got Baby Yoda attached to him, he does that multiple times to shield Baby Yoda. So Baby Yoda's strapped to his stomach, his chest and he'll spin his torso so Baby Yoda is now behind him and safe from blaster fire. This is a fucking re- really cool. I wish I still had my Star Wars toys because I have a speeder bike toy. I had <laughs> IG-88 and if I could strap a Baby Yoda to him and have him on the bike with <laughs> yeah. just like, come on. Ruby's cool. actually wearing his bitchin' IG-88 shirt right now. Yeah. It is IG-88 yeah. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's definitely an IG assassin droid on his shirt. Yeah, it's done in like a pop art style. Pop it's art really style, ballin'. really cool. There you go. Let's real quick, let's do like, what, what do you say we each do one favorite moment from the series? Yeah, let's go big with it. Alright, Kyle, you want to go first? Like just one moment that stands out from being awesome. I think at the very very, very end, the last episode where, you know, you have Moff Gideon trying to come down and kill the Mandalorian, Cara Dune, Grief Karga, Baby Yoda as they're coming out of the lava river. I think at the very end when he pops out and you see the dark saber that comes out of the the tie fighter and mm. you're like oh my god is that what i think it is and then sure enough it is and he's holding up the dark saber and i thought that was just the best way to end the the series finale of the season now we're gonna need to get into this in a little bit i i do not know what a dark saber is or why everybody gives a shit about it so you guys need to tell me but let's finish up with our favorite moments so thank you for bringing that up and and remind us a little bit later of talk about dark saber but that moment is so badass because i mean the, the ship fight is so cool you have you have uh mando <laughs> flying around with his jetpack he's finally got his jetpack Aaron you gotta play the song again you gotta play the song again there you go so Mando's flying around with his jetpack and like fighting a TIE fighter like that's so freaking cool and then the crash the crash is spectacular like everything about that end battle was a really cool satisfying thing and then of course the guy comes out of the wreckage I was like I cannot wait to see this guy still be alive because he's got to be the big bad from here on out it is super cool Matt what's your favorite moment I would say the favorite moment is like the, 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 the prison break episode where they're on the prison ship fuck cool there's a lot of really cool stuff I like that he is like there's no reason to kill anybody we can do this quickly easily without any casualties. He does not like that they then execute that guy. And when they double cross him, I like that, you know, we've seen him either fuck up or get his ass handed to him numerous times by that point. He's not the Boba Fett where he's just like super badass until he falls into a pit. But he's not, you know, he's not just this ultimate badass action hero. He's doing his best and sometimes it's not good enough. But at that moment, he's like, fuck this. And he just destroys all those droids. He gets out of his prison cell, destroys all those droids, and then one by one just kicks asses across that whole ship. I thought that was just such a cool sequence. Such a cool sequence. And it's almost like a horror movie because the lights are flickering. He's sneaking up on people. He's tricking them. He's trapping Mm -hmm. them. And then at the end, I don't know if I like it, but I appreciate that he didn't kill any of them and he just locked them up because he was like, we don't have to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. And he had a goal and he locked them all up at the end and they're all, you know, in the prison ship, which, man, that's going to be sucky when the prison ship lands like, hey, we have like six extra guys. (laughs) Sweet bonus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> what they do. Bad news, all of our droids are broken. Good news, extra bad guys. <laughs> Iron, give us a favorite moment. My favorite moment is when Mendo is trying to escape with Baby Yoda, and I think this is in the third episode, and he's he's pinned down. All the bounty hunters on the planet are shooting at him, and he's oh, in, yeah, yeah. doing a very Western vibe where he's inside a cart, and he kicks the cart, shoots the droid, and the cart starts moving, and he's shooting people, mm-hmm. and you think that this is it. He's screwed, and then all the other Mandalorians show up with jetpacks. I was like jumping around the room. Uh, that so would pumped. be a roomy jumping moment. Yeah. I could oh, definitely see that. You got yeah. that one guy comes, uh, and maybe you guys know this dude's name, but he comes flying in. He's the big beefcake guy that has been butting heads with Mandalorian Brian. about... His name like, is Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's got a sick-ass Gatling gun, and he's going ham with that thing, and I fucking love it. Yeah, that was a great scene, too. Like, just like Aaron, like you said, just you got up and you jumped out of your seat. Like, I, I couldn't believe that. Like, I literally thought at one point I did see, I thought I saw Boba Fett. In yeah, I think scene. we all thought we saw Boba Fett at some point, right? Yeah, it, it could have been in any episode where you were like, oh, that could have been him, or maybe not, or maybe they might bring him back. But that scene was just totally awesome, totally badass. And that's the kind of eagle stuff that I kind of want to start talking about now because I noticed while watching it there were numerous times where I'd be like oh wait that's from this or yeah. that's something that was first referenced here yeah. and like I want to go deep dive on this nerd stuff you guys game I'm down man I am probably not going to be as big a help because I am much less a nerd when it comes to this shit but Matt's wearing a uh, shirt right now that says do you even flex bro and it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture of Anakin's lightsaber which is a pretty deep nerd nerd thing now, I, I knew this one it was the so the the original lightsabers that they made are for based the first off couple of, movies are are made from the props. The original props were made from flash handles from old fashioned flashes that you'd connect to old fashioned cameras. But it was called like the the Graflex. The it was Graflex, a Graflex yes. three cell uh, flash bulb, and it was like this. The, that's what the lightsaber, the original Luke's lightsaber, is made from. There's another kind too. I forget what that's called off the top. Of my thing is Helio or something. Was the Darth Vader one? Yeah. But I saw this shirt. It's fucking funny as hell. So it's like Luke Skywalker or Anakin and Luke's lights first lightsaber from a new. Hope and Empire, and it says, "Do you even flex, bro?" I was like, "That's awesome." I was like, two people will laugh at this shirt my entire life, but it's worth it." So that's the kind of shit I want to jump in. So, All right, go deep, uh, Matt. What do you got? We'll jump. Uh, we'll do a couple. And I know Kyle, you have some too. So we'll just okay. jump back and forth. The first thing I noticed right away was the two pronged gun that Mandalorian has at the beginning of the first episode. Okay, you know where that's from? Isn't it from the cartoon? Yeah, the from the cartoon that was originally in the 1978 a holiday special. Boo! The, but the cartoon, if you've ever seen it, the cartoon is fun. Yeah. And it sets up Boba Fett as this bitch in character. Have you seen the holiday special, right, Kyle? I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't seen the whole thing through. You're not missing anything, Kyle. Don't no, worry. No, it's it's impossible to sit through. I know Princess Leia sings. It's hard. It you, the, the, the cartoon is definitely worth the watch. There's very few other things unless you're shitty movie Sundaying it. And even then, it's a slow fucking torture to do this. The funny thing is, this is not the first time that the holiday special is going to pop up on our Oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of references to it in this show, but that was the the gun that Boba Fett had in the cartoon clip from that mo- from that movie was it's called an Amban Phase Pulse Blaster, which that I did not know, Nerd. but I knew that that's what that gun was, Damn. and I thought that was cool. That immediately out of the gate, Favreau and company were like, "Hey, this is for fans. We're not gonna like smash you in the face with it, but you check this thing out." And I was like, "I do check that thing out. That's pretty <laughs> fucking cool." And then actually, yeah. moments after we meet Mandalorian, he gets into a speeder driven by Brian Posen, who 
is Hossein. a Hossein. Yeah. So he is huge nerd, a nerd guy that you've seen in millions of movies. He's always in or always was in The Big Bang Theory. No joke. He is the actor that I see bar none more than any other actor around town. I probably see this guy once a fucking month. I, in I've real run life. into Brian Hossein several times, multiple times, coming out of a poutine shop once. But yeah, he he's driving and he drives with a, a Mandalorian. Has got his first bounty of the series, and the first bounty says something about, "Oh, I want to be home in time for Life Day." So now that's two holiday special references within the first like twenty minutes of the show. Oh my god! And and still not the last. I have one coming. No, up. there's yeah, yeah. there's definitely. Some. Kyle, do you have a deep a deep drop? Well, this brings us to uh, episode three, okay, chapter three. Actually, the the heavy artillery guy that you were talking about that comes in, Brian. <laughs> Brian, yeah, we're gonna go with Brian. No, but his real name, as you find out at the end of the credits, is is Paz Vizla, and he. He's actually part of the tribe, which is in the show, The Mandalorian, where it's like they're in a secret undercover location in Navarro. And there's a bunch of these Mandalorians that cannot come out and see the Day of Light. Only one can come out at a time. It's part of their creed, part of their, their honoring of Damn, their Mandalorian. Damn, Mando's just sucking up all that daylight time for everybody else. What a <laughs> jerk. Yep, he's taking all the money and everything. What an asshole. He's not even sharing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Paz Vizla, yeah, I think he's part of the Vizla tribe tribe and and there's another Paz Vizla his name is Pre Vizla who was in the Clone Wars series who was part of the leader of Death Watch which is another Mandalorian like kind of like a terrorist group I would say and they were going around trying to bring peace so to say to the galaxy if I remember correctly the Death Watch was almost like a splinter group of the overall Mandalorians right correct yeah they were all in blue right all oh. in blue with jetpacks nice that series if you guys haven't checked out that was Rebels right Kyle where we learned about Death Watch no, that was actually uh, Clone Wars where we learned about Death Watch. Damn, that's the oh fuck! I'm I haven't seen Clone Wars since it was originally on. I have them all on DVD, but we'll jump ahead to Rebels later. But go ahead. Believe it or not, both Free Vizsla and Paz Vizsla are both voiced by the creator John Favreau. So what? that was another hidden, so hidden wait, Easter he, egg right there. He was doing voices for these cartoons and and television shows earlier. Yes, Dave Filoni actually hired John Favreau to voice Free Vizsla, and then it kind of did a 360 because. Because now John Favreau is the executive writer of The Mandalorian, and Dave Filoni is his co-producer. Wow, interesting. So brought him on board. So, yeah. so this Death Watch—they're sort of like the IRA of of Mandalorians. They're they're trying to do something good through violence, but they're they're feared. They're like a that people people are scared of them. Yeah, people are scared of them. He actually the Death Watch group—they plan in the Clone Wars to take over Mandalore, but the way that they do it is they meet up with Darth Maul and his brothers. Press. Oh, that's and right. What yeah, and what happens is they plot this whole thing of they're going to capture Darth Maul and and uh, Savage Press and say this, this, and that to the Chancellor, this this Lady of Mandalore who just wants peace, doesn't want any violence, no no weapons, no guns, no nothing. But um, so what happens is the Death Watch, Pre Vizsla and the Death Watch group, they end up betraying Darth Maul and Savage Press because they don't end up releasing them. They just want to take over Mandalore themselves. So Savage Press and Darth Maul, they get angry, they escape, and then Darth Maul wants to duel Tree Vizsla one-on-one hand combat and the Mandalorians have to honor that. And Darth Maul just ends up wrecking Tree Vizsla and then ends up chopping his head off with the Darksaber and becomes ultimate rule of the Mandalorian. Tell me that doesn't sound like a great cartoon, Rumi. I thought Darth Maul is dead. That's what they wanted you to think. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he comes back without getting too far away from Mandalorian. Darth Maul comes back in Clone Wars. When he first comes back, it's not that cool. It's kind of cheesy. But then they change a couple things and it's fucking great. And he exists through Rebels and it's awesome. Okay. And that's why he's alive in Solo. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah, they could tie that in together. Yeah. In- interesting. Okay, yeah. okay. But see, this whole thing is cool because in Mandalorian, multiple times they mention the Purge. Now, if you've never watched anything Star Wars before, but you understand English language, you understand what the word Purge means, right? Mm-hmm. So you start to think about that. For nerds like us, especially like Kyle fucking knows this Mandalorian lore, you start to understand, okay, the Purge <laughs> must have been like the Empire destroyed the entire culture, the entire people of Mandalorians, which means that's why they're so rare throughout the original trilogy. Right. We only know Boba Fett, right? Really pretty much for the original trilogy. Yep. Because Mandalore, Mandalorians are not a thing anymore because of something the Empire did, probably prior to A New Hope, which is like a pretty cool thing to, to, when you think about like history that isn't real. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting then to see them kind of be this underground group. Mm-hmm. They really set it up well because you have all these sweet Mandalorians and you're not sure at the end of the series, you don't know how many of them survived. They seemed a lot yep. of them died. The Armorsmith, whoever this like Viking chick is with the sweet helmet, mm-hmm. making armor for them is, is such a cool character. That badass shit with the hammer. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That when was, the stormtroopers come after her and then she like and there's them up. Kyle, I don't know if you've heard or read any of this, but there's a lot of speculation as to who that that's smithy is that armorer of the of the mandalorian who is it her actress name is kelly swan i believe it is i didn't read too much into all the speculation type but who is she we don't know but one thing the dark saber now traditionally the yes, dark saber, i want to know about this I so it is essentially it's not a lightsaber right but it's a similar type of weapon with a powered on blade okay it is supposed to essentially be the weapon of the leader of mandalore oh so for a while some bad guys have it eventually in rebels one of the main characters of Rebels is able to secure it and she becomes the leader and has this Darksaber. She eventually, at the end of that show, she passes it along to the Death Watch leader at that time because at that point, Death Watch has kind of come back into the fold. She passes it on to a new leader who's also a female named Bo-Katan Crazy, Crazy? But Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan Crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's yes. like a badass leader. She's super cool and is taking Mandalore in Rebels, is taking Mandalore into a new direction. Okay. So the last that we as Star Wars nerds have seen the Darksaber is with this girl who was supposed to be a leader of Mandalore. Now you go into the Mandalorian TV series, this Darksaber is now in the possession of this Grand Moff, right? A, a remnant of the uh, Imperials. The Galactic Empire. So yeah, and you're he owns wondering. a huge chicken chain too. <laughs> yeah. Los Pollos Hermanos. Let's just say Los Womp Rats Hermanos. <laughs> but like, you know, there's a gap there. When you try to follow the the, the pedigree of that sword, that Death Watch leader had it at some point, and now the Imperial has it. So He killed her or something like that? You could say that, or he at least took it from her during the Purge, right? So I read some things where a lot of people think, and they found what they would consider clues, that the smithy, that armorer in in the the, the workshop of the Mandalorians, that that could be Bo-Katan, because she knows so much history, she knows about specific people, as well as the, in, in, in general, the Mandalorian history. So a lot of people are saying that that might be a reveal that happens later, which I think is kind of interesting. I think that's probably a great, great prediction. I mean, for season two, that'd be an awesome way to reveal the armor. I mean, she seems like she's like a badass character already, you know, just sits there and forges armor for the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think you're 
your theory might be pretty spot on. That'd be awesome if that was Bo-Katan crazy. So this dark saber, it's it's kind of like the Excalibur of the Mandalorians. Like whoever wields it, kind of is is the mm. person in charge. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it started off with one of the Vizlas. His name was Herr Vizla, and he was the one that was the first. I believe it was the first Mandalorian to be inducted as a Jedi. Damn. So is, is the dark saber? Can it cut through? Basically, it has kind of the same properties of a it's lightsaber. A, yeah. Can cut through everything, but it, it like the blade doesn't retract. It just has this glow. It does retract. Right? Oh, really? It does. Isn't it, it's a handle, no, it but it looks yeah. more like a traditional sword. sword handle with a hilt on top. You oh. know, like a, like a, the fist guard on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you hit the button, and it it looks like a black. At least in the cartoon, it's like black with like black electricity running up and down it. Yeah. And it could fight a lightsaber like that, and a oh, lightsaber can't. That cut that, that was my other. next question. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. very few things can par. go can go blade to blade with a lightsaber. That's it's pretty cool. Pretty wild. Okay, what else you got, Remy? You got another one? You, let me let me tell you guys the Easter egg that I found. People might debate it, but I think it's there, and I think I'm super cool for finding it, and I haven't seen it on any of the research that I did. In the sixth episode, which is that prison break episode that I like, there's a comedian, Bill Burr, plays Mayfield, yep. who's like a pretty cool like sharpshooter yeah. gunfighter. Yeah, he makes the Gungan joke. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he I actually heard something about that, too. But he plays a gunfighter, and he's got this backpack, and yeah. on the pop corner of the backpack is a pistol pointing up and I knew immediately what that was supposed to be and then later he gets into a gunfight and a, like a retractable arm springs up over his shoulder almost predator style yep. and is shooting a gun too he killed a predator that means <laughs> no he took a <laughs> shitty Star Wars action figure from the late 90s do you guys remember Shadows of the Empire uh, great book yeah well <laughs> Dash Rendar who was the substitute Han Solo character N64 yeah. yes yeah. his action figure from the power of the force line in like mm-hmm. I think it was like 96, 97. Where they had tiny legs and really big pecs. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It was ridiculously out of proportion. Rob Layfield loved it. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but Nerd. that figure, the Dash Rendar action figure came with a backpack and it had an extendable arm and it had a rifle. It wasn't a pistol. Right, right, right. But right, it was right. the same idea of this like, not exactly a shoulder mounted gun like the Predator, but like a robotic arm that Pew-pew. was holding yeah. a gun over your shoulder. And when I saw that, I was like, wait, is that a fucking shout out to Dash Rendar? And I haven't seen anything online that said that in looking it up but it's I mean I don't know that they did it on purpose or not but it's pretty fucking close to this action figure if you don't believe me look up Dash Rendar action figure you want to know my deep nerd things that I noticed yeah I do okay so (laughs) in the first episode when they meet the client played by Werner Herzog (laughs) when he completes the bounty they they pull out this device that he carries the special Bezcar is that what's called Mm -hmm. Bezcar metal and it's the special Mandalorian metal for their bitch in costumes but what he what it's contained in the second he pulled it out I was like whoa yeah because it is Star Wars fans know it it's the ice cream maker from Empire Strikes Back we see a guy running yes. with this thing and uh, he yeah. has a total character background called Will Rowe Hood and he has this freaking ice cream maker and running and Matt and I if you haven't listened to our letters from the movie yeah don't spoil it but we both there's a letter yeah. about that you gotta check out our letters episode I, that honestly is one of my funniest memories of doing something with you on this show yeah. is that letters episode if you guys haven't checked it out check that episode out pretty funny but we talk about the ice cream maker. It's not actually an ice cream maker. Well, it is actually an ice cream maker in real life, but in Star Wars <laughs> world, it's a container that, like, it's like a safe. And in Empire Strikes Back, supposedly, it's secret rebel information. In The Mandalorian, it's the Mezca, Mezcar? Bezcar. Bezcar. 
uh, best car. Yeah, it's the steel. best car, steel, and he he has it inside this thing. So seeing that was like a big shout yeah, out yeah. to the Mandalorian. Like yeah. confirms that that is like essentially a safe, right? A safe, like a portable yeah. safe. It's not an ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he pulls it out, Mandalorian goes, "I hope it's mint chip." <laughs> <laughs> I saw that right away, and not only did I see it and be like, "Whoa, I'm a nerd!" I know that I was like, "Oh, I texted Rumi right away because I think you had just watched that episode." Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, ice cream maker, ice cream maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all so I was like, do you like Rocky Road? <laughs> One scoop or two, it doesn't matter. I actually researched what the name is called. It's called a Campono. Yes, there you go. You are fucking nerding it out of the park yeah, here, Kyle. My yeah. dude. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't high five you, but here's a high five. There you go. Air five. Yeah. There fucking great, all man. Right. That, uh, so a Camtono. Interesting. Camtono, yeah. I got to oh, get a Camtono. I need, yeah. I want them yep. too. Uh, so just if anything, and just make people think I have ice cream laying around. <laughs> One of my favorite things that I noticed, and this isn't really as deep as it could be, but like I got excited because it's something I always want to see more in the Star Wars universe, is the Blurgs. Blurgs are these big creatures that they're riding on, these reptilian things. It's essentially a head and a tail with Tadpole. legs. Yeah, 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 exactly. They are originally <laughs> from the 1984 Ewoks Battle for Endor TV movie, which I love those fucking movies. Those movies are great. They're terrible. They're great. They're so much fun. I have seen Blurgs in other Star Wars books and, you know, video games and, and, and comic books and stuff. Probably, I think they were in the Clone Wars cartoon. But, like, to see them live action again was really cool. And it's just really cool, again, that Favreau and company are able to to create the show with all these nods. They're like, hey, you know what that is, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. And without making a big deal and, like, you know, special editioning in it where the fucking Blurg walks by and by right in the camera and saliva's dripping from its mouth. <laughs> Come on, man. But I just, I thought that's so cool. It's just another one of those little subtle nods that if you're the average Star Wars fan and you don't remember that, you're like, oh, cool, a creature. But some dildo like me who has nothing better to do with like... <laughs> I mean, I was like that just that they had an Ugnot. I was like, oh, just like right? the from Cloud yeah. City. You know, when episode, I believe it's the gunslinger, the Mandalorian is introduced to a rookie bounty hunter who a claims to be bag. a big guy, but then, yeah, a little prick, right? Yeah. But anyway, you know, he's telling the Mandalorian that he's done this, done that, but then the Mandalorian sees right through him and is like, yeah, you're, you're trying to get into the guild. And he's like, yeah. Well, anyways, the planet that they that the Mandalorian lands on, if you notice, was Tatooine. Hell yeah. And it literally blew the lid off my head when I saw him flying the Razor Crest through this canyon and I'm like, God, that looks like the same location. Oh my God, it is. Yeah, yeah. Tatooine. And he lands right at Mos Eisley. Yeah. Revisit Mos Eisley. And now, did you notice this? He goes in to the original Mos Eisley Cantina and it's like, do they yeah. have like a little plaque in the corner? It's like, this is where Greedo fucking got wasted. <laughs> Here's where some shootout happened. We have not yet been able to figure out who, who did what first? at what point, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Rodian died here for sure. <laughs> Your lies with the Rodian. Yeah. You know what would be fucking awesome? If John Favreau re-released this TV series 25 <laughs> years from now. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> and then yes. at the end yeah. when they have when, when Mando and Mandalorian and him have a Mando. shootout. <laughs> if they then digitally put like a ton of other shoots in and Mandalorian's head kind of snakes over this. <laughs> Just laser blasts everywhere. Well, I noticed something about the cantina. And this is the fact that when he comes in, the 
bartender is a droid, and in the original yeah. original Star Wars, mm-hmm. no yeah. droids allowed in this place. Yeah, so, it was like a little joke that they made, like a kind of like a racist kind of joke yeah. against droids. So something has happened in the past, uh, however many yeah, years. There's a droid bartender who's an EV ninety nine model, similar to what Jabba had in his torture chamber. Potentially, there's a R five D four in there. <laughs> yes, I dude, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I don't know if you guys know this, and Kyle, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about it. R five D four is hands down my single favorite Star Wars character ever. <laughs> if you guys yep, are not... I as, remember you telling me that. It yep. is. Like, I get a boner for him every time. <laughs> for those of you who are not that big of Star Wars fans, R5-D4 is the red-orange R2 unit, which is really an R5 unit, that Luke and his uncle originally pick, and then the bad motivator blows. I just always, as a kid, loved that design. The hey, R5. what's up? This one's got a bad motivator. <laughs> 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 but, like, I just... I don't know. I always loved that. That was the action figure I always wanted and never had. I just thought that was so fucking cool. I, I liked him even... I mean, R2's a better character, yes, but I liked him more. So, if you guys don't know, R5-D4 has got an orange body and an orange head, and his legs are blue, like R2's. There was a very similar looking R5 unit in that bar. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm assuming that that's R5-D4 and he survived all this time and that he's still there. And and the fact that they now allow droids in the bar, it's like, that's very interesting. Like, Tatooine's progressed a little bit. <laughs> that's sad, though, because this guy, who I thought was like one of the coolest heroes, is probably just like a robot drunkard now. Like, that's all he's done. Like, a, like a, the Galactic Empire was overthrown, and he was at a table just kicking back beers. It's like, you've had enough, I'll tell you, and I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was such a cool place for them to revisit. I was really excited. Oh, yeah. Did you notice also that the bars were the heads of the IG unit? Yes, like, and that's what it was in the original. The beer comes out. That's what the original yeah. was, too. The original, if you look mm-hmm. at A New Hope, the original actually has IG heads as, like, yep. part of the bar pipes and shit. That's what their their pull tap handles are? That's pretty sweet. <laughs> it's their little eyes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they can dispense beer from any direction 360 degrees. <laughs> I love exactly. that. Uh, here's, here's one. This is one of my favorite things that I noticed. And okay. I don't know why I just got such a kick out of this. Maybe it's because I fucking love the original Kenner toys. But in episode 7, right before we're introduced to Gideon, a bunch of reinforcement Imperial troops come. And they come in the Imperial troop transporter, which was a toy. Toy, toy yeah. Made in 1979. And it's cool because I looked up the actual toy, you know, to talk about it. The toy was the first toy produced by Kenner for Star Wars that was not a recreation of something in the movie. So this Imperial Troop Transporter was one of the first things that Kenner was like, well, wait, we can make toys of things that weren't in the movie as well. So that's when they started adding extra ships and stuff. They had a whole line of extra ships that weren't in the movie. We can make a toy that makes you want to buy more Stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this motherfucker's got eight holes in it. You need eight people to put in right? there, right? Buy more stormtroopers. <laughs> more stormtroopers. Put them in a two-pack. Nope. I just thought that was so cool. It's not the first time we've seen that. We've seen that in some of the cartoons as well, but right? this one looked just like the toy did. It looked exactly like it. And I have no problem with the new trilogies, but it finally feels like Star Wars is in the hands of somebody that cares, you know? For us as nerds, the stuff that they can put into it, like these little nods and and the, the ice cream maker and the costumes and the toys and the, the ion cannons and stuff like that that we all recognize is amazing. Mm-hmm. The fact that they can even like tell jokes where they're like stormtroopers can't hit things for shit right. is amazing to me. <laughs> right, like they know, the yeah. people in the universe know that stormtroopers storm are terrible. Yeah. A problem. Yeah, <laughs> their guns are not even calibrated correctly or whatever. Freaking amazing. So I have some exterior, it's not necessarily like Star Wars lore, but I have, I have a tidbit about the show in general and about Werner Herzog and the Baby Yoda. All right, hit us. Baby Yoda, they weren't sure they were going to have it be a puppet. 
they thought at one point they actually filmed multiple scenes without Baby Yoda. Scenes where they were maybe going to put a digital Baby Yoda in. They didn't know how they were going to handle Baby Yoda. And because Werner Herzog was so into the puppet, he basically forced them to keep the puppet in the show. And I have a phone call here of Werner Herzog calling Disney to tell them how he feels about it. And, and this, is, this is true. He, he would talk to the puppet as if it were an actor. He wouldn't talk to the puppeteer. He would talk to the puppet because he's like, this is the actor I am having the scene with. So he is the one I want to communicate with. Like, this is true. So here's a phone call with Werner Herzog and Disney. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, this is Werner Herzog. I play <laughs> the client on The Mandalorian. I have the joyous pleasure to act across scenes with the Baby Yoda's puppet. And I just want you to know, if you replace the puppet with a digital abomination, a pixel monstrosity, you are cowards. Vanova Herzog, out. <laughs> he called them cowards. I did hear that that was the word he used. He called them cowards. If you use a CGI Yoda, you are cowards. And, I, and they were like, oh, shit. Well, we don't want to be cowards. So they stuck with the puppet. I think they're so brilliant about it. But Disney had a reason why they were afraid to do this. And I have the phone call back. So here we go. <laughs> Wait, just this is Disney <laughs> returning Werner Herzog's call. Phone call yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he said, Herzog out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hi, Werner Herzog. Oh, oh, this is Disney. Oh, oh. So oh, I heard that you called us cowards for oh, possibly needing to replace a uh, baby. Uh, first of all, not his name. It's called the child. First of all, let's get that out of the way. Oh, oh, oh. Pluto, shut up. Shut up, Pluto. Yeah. So it's called the child. Second of all, we can do whatever we want with our characters. And right now, we don't want to have another goddamn Jar Jar Binks fiasco. So we're reserving the right to do whatever the hell we want with our characters, okay? <laughs> so I kindly think you should refrain from telling us how we should do our job. And <laughs> we won't tell you how to do your job, okay? All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Mouse out. <laughs> That's a true phone call, you guys. You, those are like tapes that you acquired. Oh my god! Somehow, yeah. Ruby. Yeah, I hacked the mainframe uh, with R two. <laughs> Damn dog. <laughs> it's true. So, um, yes, Disney was afraid that they were going to have another Jar Jar Binks situation. Which to me, it's like you guys basically invented cute at, with Disney in general. You know what cute is. Sure. How are you so far removed from the mark to think that anybody is going to be worried about? baby yoda it's like really like there's nothing offensive about baby yoda might piss off the old people i don't know like they just don't get it they really seem to not get it if they were afraid that baby yoda was going to be offensive somehow or like not work they had it had to have been a logistical thing about it's easier to do a cg yoda than a a cg baby than a a puppet probably but the puppet that makes sense the puppet works so good and every time somebody like touches his ears i'm like i Mm -hmm. want to hug baby dude i but every time they touch the ears it fucking looks like they're touching an ear yes as opposed to cg which uh, no offense to people who do visual effects that's that stuff none taken room. Th- those are the points that you can see through the illusion of yes it, you know and the fact is like sometimes his face has been digitally altered to give a different sure like, a different expression mm-hmm. fine fine right, do it right, Th- right. it doesn't bother me because 
90% of the time, that puppet is there doing what it's supposed to do and you believe it. And even when there are limitations to his expressions, when he's like, I can't smile right, doing a little bit of tweak to that, fine. That right. doesn't It's tweaking me. a physical thing. Yeah. Well, it still has a presence there. I just think that's oh, so goddamn important. And it's important. so good. And Baby Yoda's the best. And they make the weirdest references to Baby Yoda, especially in that prison when he's around all the all the bad guys in the prison break episode. And they're like, he's got a pet on here. Does it get lonely out here, Mando? Mando! <laughs> <laughs> I did catch that reference and I looked around to my empty room was like, child rape joke? Like, what? <laughs> really fucking creepy, guys. You got any other Easter eggs or things that you noticed, Kyle? They talked about the Mythosaur. That was Queel. And he was talking about the great Mythosaur because apparently the Mandalorian could not ride the Blurg. He's like kind of making fun of him as a nod to like, hey, your great ancestors rode the great Mythosaur. And here you are. You can't even ride this Blurg. <laughs> you know what a Mythosaur was, right? The Mythosaur was the creature of the Mandalore. That's what the skull is that they have as their creed. Boba Fett yeah. has a, a patch on his armor and it's the steel skull that's above that armorer in the Mandalorian basement that they all hang it's out in. It's his Punisher logo, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> that yeah, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shit, why didn't I do that? That would be a bitchin' shirt to make. Dibs, I'm doing it. It's my idea, don't take it. <laughs> you should patent it, Aaron. I'm telling you, you should patent the song and your shirt idea. Mando! I just wish they called it something better than Mythosaur. It's like, quick, you have to come up with a name for this in literally zero seconds. Uh, They're like, Mythosaur. <laughs> well, Blurg is fine. Like, Already it, taken. It, it, Damn it. Sounds Womp rat. Mythosaur. You're like, it almost sounds like a placeholder sword. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. A lot of sci-fi has this problem. I mean, in the most recent movie, what's the name of the planet where the emperor's been hiding Star Destroyers? Oh, yeah. Amanda hated that. What was the... Exegol. Yeah. Testicle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was ridiculous and you're like really what but it's like when you have a word from a different planet just just go through like a dictionary for a different language that isn't English and find a word <laughs> and then mix it with another word from a different language like, it's like Belgian people be like yeah I get it yeah but it's like mythosaur was literally like you're like made up Star dinosaur Star Wars is terrible with that like yeah. you think about like Darth Sidious yeah Darth Plagueis Darth, Darth Maul. Maul Savage Opress General Grievous you're like oh Oh my God! Open a fucking thesaurus, <laughs> right? Darth Massacre, like, come on, like you're just you're just going for negative terms right now. But yeah, Mythosaur is a little ridiculous, but it is a cool skull, so I'll, I'll give it to him. After we killed all the Legendosaurs, we went on to the Mythosaurs. <laughs> But we didn't stop before we got to the story polls. <laughs> so I feel like, honestly, the three of us fucking nerds can do this all day. But we all have, we actually, believe it or not, folks, we all have wives and or spouses and or um, stuff to do. Um, uh, fiancés, we do need to get back to, kind of. But let's let's throw out one good one. And this but you is... know what's going to happen, man. We're going to be like, oh, man, we had such a great conversation. <laughs> we were talking about mythosaurs <laughs> and like lightsaber handles. Yeah, I'm going to get on and tell Amanda. I was like, babe, Kyle knew about the mythosaurs. And she's going to be like, it's your turn to take the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Let's throw one more down. I have a good one here. And Kyle, I know if I start talking about it, you're going to know which one I'm talking about. But it's a good one to end on because it's kind of like a cliffhanger. It's something that they don't clarify in the show. And I hope to see it in, in the next seasons. But remember at the end of episode five, that's the episode with the uh, smart mouth young bounty hunter. He kills Finnick Shant, who's that bounty that they're after. Her body crumples in the desert. He leaves. Mandalorian 
and leaves. But what happens? What's the last time we see that dead body? So the last time that we see Fennec Shan, who's played by uh, Minya Wen, who is also Mulan, the voice of Mulan. Oh. Anyways, uh, she, yeah, little tidbit on Disney, right? So so at the very end of episode five, The Gunslinger, it pans out and you, you see Fennec Shan laying in the sand, dead maybe, and you see this person that's walking up to her. But in the distant sound, if you turn up the volume, you can hear the faint sound of furs as this person is walking. And literally everybody's probably mine, including mine, blew up when I was like, oh my God, that is sounds like the furs of Boba Fett. And if you he- listen really closely and you watch Empire Strikes Back and uh, you hear Boba Fett walking in the hall in Cloud City and Bespin, you can hear that same fur sound. Shit, I never thought of that, but you're right. Like in my head, I'm playing the movie complete with sound and I do hear it. And technically, Boba Fett could be on Tatooine if he escaped the Sarlacc pit, right? Yeah. Oh, Fuck. Oh, man. Oh, man. If they had a crossover between Boba Fett and Mando, I'd be so fucking pumped. <laughs> Mando, Boba, Mando, Boba. Yes. Oh, with the spur sound in there. <gasps> it all comes together. There you go. Who's a man didn't die when he fell in the pit? Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Who's a man with a child on a mission? Mando. <laughs> We're so good at this, Rumi. Disney, hit us up. Are we on Gilligan's Island? Are yeah. we on Gilligan's Island right now? <laughs> That'd be a great crossover. I do think it's very interesting that this show is taking a serialized approach because we're in an era of like high concept premium television, but here's a show that's like, now nah, we're going to do it like the Incredible Hulk did back in the day where like every episode is a new story that mm. just kind of wraps up. There's a little bit of an arc, like everybody's coming for the child, but you get it. There is no greater story. And at first I was like, ooh, are we doing it this way? And then I came around to it because it is a very old school 70s way of doing television, but for what the show is as like a spaghetti western or an old samurai film. Mm, I mean, yeah. the episode where they fight the ATST is Seven Samurai yeah, where they like, train Absolutely. a crown to fight the, the giant thing and that scene is badass. It's great and I think it works out in favor of the show. The way that I keep describing, see I just finished this and Watchmen the TV show at oh, the same so time. Good, so good, we gotta do an episode and about Watchmen that. Watchmen is great. It's yeah. a great show. Mandalorian not in a bad way. It's not a great show. It's just ton of fun and yeah. is exactly what I want it to be. It is not highbrow. It's it is not well written. Yeah. It's not like, it's not bad, but it's not well written. It's not greatly acted. It's beautiful. It makes sense. It's fun as hell and it is what it should be. But if I hop into episode six of Watchmen, I'm lost. No, Completely you have no lost. fucking clue. You, even you could watch the whole series and kind of not <laughs> know what's going so, on. Yeah I, yeah. I watch any episode of Mandalorian right. and somewhere in there like, I get it. He's got this kid. Everybody right. wants to kill him. And it works. Like Amanda watched the first episode and I don't think she cared, but she wasn't bored. Yeah. The three of us, we're all fucking dying in the wool Star Wars guys. We love it. Yeah. My dad watched a couple episodes. My dad watched the whole series. Fun. He like, loves it. Yeah. He's like, when's it coming back? Dude? Yeah. And that's like, all you, you know, I think that is the best case scenario for hitting everybody. Yes. You know what I mean? Whereas like the new trilogy, the new Star Wars trilogy is fine, but I think you're losing something in the final mix by trying to make it for everybody. Same with all the Avengers movies. They're just too vanilla, in my opinion, to be great. Whereas Mandalorian, it's not that it's not vanilla because it is pretty, it's trying to be 
basic and hit yeah. the nerds, people who just want to watch sci-fi, people who like robots. But it's 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 just so fun and like it's I'm I'm psyched for next season. I can't fault them on this season. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Hundred percent. I got one more I want to drop because I don't want to lose track of this funny tidbit. Okay, and then uh, we should do a little countdown. Okay, to wrap it up. So this little bit is in the flashbacks when the Mandalorian is shown as a little kid and his parents are getting murdered and they're all getting attacked by battle droids and shit. The coolest use of battle droids in Star Wars history. Especially because I hate yes. battle droids. Yes. At least we finally got to see them. <laughs> they looked fucking hardcore. Scary as hell. Killing people. Roger, roger. <laughs> <laughs> they look scary. They look scary as heck. So we see them killing the parents and stuff, but they're all wearing these red robes, which are very similar to the Life Day robes that the Wookiees wear in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which is fucking ridiculous to me. But what that means is potentially on their version of Christmas, Life Day, a bunch of battle droids came down and started murdering people. Right, Separatist forces waited till Star Wars Christmas to start killing people's families. (laughs) Ho, 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 happy Life Day. (laughs) (laughs) Just dressed as Santa Claus. Mommy, it's Life Day. Say whatever their version of Santa Claus is. Mommy, it's Santa Claus. No, it comes down through the chimney and just... I would love to see like a super <laughs> battle droid in a sleigh pulled by regular battle droids. What are those little ones that roll into balls and like... <laughs> oh, destroyers. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those things just... <laughs> then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, beep, Roger, beep, Roger. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the his elves are those little droids like neener neener neener. <laughs> oh man, I hate those movies so much. You could ignore those movies and still appreciate what the things that like the how cool battle like pretend you never saw a battle droid until these flashbacks. You'd be like, fuck, those battle droids just went around killing people. No, it just makes me go, why do they look like they should be coming after this movie? Why don't they even fit in the timeline oh. they fit in? Their design doesn't even work in the phase. Uh, don't even get me started. Let's you do don't it. know how Geonosia's design. Let's get it. Let's start it with this countdown. Oh, man, the Geonosians. You brought up that other thing. Uh, Let's do a countdown. (laughs) All right, guys, we are back with the Pulp Culture Countdown for the top five things that makes the Mandalorian awesome with deep nerd Easter eggs. They're called Mythosaur eggs. (laughs) 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 Well, I guess we'd have to have another holiday special to know what they do for Easter. (laughs) Right? Sunshine celebration or some shit. Right, right, right. Yellow robes. All right. So at number five, we have the pulse rifle that the Mandalorian carries. It is a rifle that we first saw in the holiday special in a cartoon animated version that actually introduced Boba Fett to the world. He had a bitchin' like four-pronged blaster rifle. And that he fucking smacks a dinosaur across the face with. Slaps him with it's, it. I, I just thought that was a great way to, like, and it happened so early in this series. It yeah. was a great way to be like, look, this is what you can expect. And they oh. didn't let up. I love it. So good. Number four, Rumi. We, in the same episode, we immediately start seeing fucking Blurgs, Blurgs. and ride that shit. It also makes me think Golden Axe. Remember the video game Golden Axe where yeah. you can jump on those creatures? It also reminded me of the animated movie Wizards. Oh, okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a little yeah, dude yeah, yeah, riding yeah, on a blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The red, little, I can little see, red I can suit see guy. That. Yeah. I just think, I think it was, again, it's a cool creature. They were done stop motion animation in the, in the Ewok thing. Now they're CG, but it doesn't lose anything, and it's definitely like still super fun. Fucking Blurgs, number four. Kyle, why don't you shoot us with the number three myth- mythosaur egg from the Mandalorian series? 
series. What's at three? <laughs> I think three is burrs, the sound effect that you hear of burrs. Ching. And I think that's important because it can be Boba Fett. Oh, and that man. would be super, super awesome if that was really Boba Fett. Oh, I agree. That would be the sickest thing. I, I couldn't, I, I would lose my mind if Boba Fett had a What if it's like the dark crossover? cowboy that they started putting in the middle of the Halloween series that just comes out of nowhere and you're like, by the way, secret cult. And you're like, wait, what? No. Nah, <laughs> there's also, he, he looks like an alien gray in one of the cartoon shows. He, he was like, Cad Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want it to be him either. Did Cad Bane die in the se- in any of the series, Kyle? Cad Bane did die in the Clone Wars, I believe. Yeah, that's what I see. I thought so he died. Could be him. Well, Theo, but I mean, again, how did, I, depending on how he died. Darth Maul's dead. No, he's not. Could be. <laughs> That fucker got cut in half and still came. Yeah, anybody could be brought back in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, just spray a little back to on there. Squirt, squirt. Or a force heal. Exactly. You need a little child to help you. Yoda cracks his knuckles before, like, before healing fucking Darth Maul cut to two pieces. All right. Uh, All right. So we got got ominous dark spur sounding figure for number three. But Kyle, hit us with number two, too. This seems like it's right in your wheelhouse. What do you got? Number two, I have the infamous dark saber. That Moff Gideon has uh, now obtained, and now we're thinking that maybe possibly the armor can be Bo-Katan. So she might be trying to come back and maybe grab that dark saber back from Moff Gideon in the next season. This is just shows you how deep this show can go. Because for me, I was like, "Oh, cool, he's got a sweet. That's a sweet weapon." I didn't know that it had a big deal attached to it. And then the internet the next day was like, "Oh God, oh God, oh God, dark saber!" You're like, "Oh, what's the big deal about some black hole sword?" <laughs> yeah, and everybody was losing their mind, like looking into it. It's like, "Oh shit!" And now I know that the head like a really deep mythological importance to the Mandalorian like as a culture so I'm very excited to see where they take that which brings us to number one there's no I mean there's no debating yeah. right Rumi number one has got to be the ice cream maker no yeah. the Camtano <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's really important if you guys look on the internet a lot of people advise you to keep all of your belongings in a camp in a fireproof Camtano yep. 50 feet away from any fire source or anything like that to keep all your doc- documents safe well and to see that Werner Herzog has a very nice Camtano to put his metal in to give to the Mandalorian because he is a very big professional. I, I like I, it's super cool because the second they pulled it out, like I had the biggest smile yeah, on my it's face. It's just like one like, of the biggest in jokes of the entire yeah. Star Wars universe. And they yeah. like they kind of like you know it's like a bro punching you in the shoulder, and being like, "Dude, remember? Remember? Like yeah. that's just I oh, think that and was this well shows done. full of that stuff. And it's is it as deep as a as a dark saber or is it as light as a what do you got under there? A Gungan? You know, like like telling <laughs> telling Gungan jokes or telling the stormtrooper can't shoot jokes. An entire scene that goes on way too long, by the way, sure. where they're like trying to shoot the the, the scout troopers are trying to shoot uh, like target at the ground. Some yeah. piece of garbage. Piece yeah. of garbage and they can't. Like, that was funny and we get it, but also that went on way too long. <laughs> but overall, fantastic show. Amazing start. I can't wait to see see more. Congratulations to John Favreau and everybody who put this together. All the teams that worked on it. It's amazing. All around, I think it's, it's the best we could hope for of a, of a Star Wars television show. And it's new. It's not still tied to Luke Skywalker. It's not beholden to anything we've seen before. It's just living in the world in a new facet and I love it. And I cannot wait to see what happens with Mandalore and Baby Yoda. Maybe find out where Baby Yoda came from. Also, I also don't know if I ever need to, but I still love it. What do you think, Rumi? Should we blast this thing off? Yeah, but can I just tell you guys two funny things because no one else in my life will appreciate it. Teehee, teehee, go home. So, I've been looking at buying a cool Star Wars helmet and I'm looking at like the Black Series and I'm looking at a couple different characters. Yeah. One of the ones I'm 
I'm looking at is man, is is a Boba Fett helmet. Yeah. On Amazon, if you look at it, there's like a Q and A where like you can ask us uh, people who've bought the same thing a question. The question is about the Mangalores, and someone wrote something about Mangalores, and the response is, I think you mean Mandalorian. Mangalores are from the Fifth Element, and then someone else responded to that. This is true. Mangalores have big ears, big foreheads, and they sting, which is what <laughs> Ruby Ross says in this show, which I thought was funny as shit. So I'm like laughing while I'm looking at these Black Series helmets. I also look at the Darth Vader helmet, which looks pretty bitchin'. And the first question on their question and answer says, does it keep sand out? And the answer is yes. I don't like sand. It's all coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. What is this guy wearing it for? I'm confused. This is great. Excellent. (sighs) So Star Wars jokes. Nerds will know why those jokes are funny. If you're not, you're cool. (laughs) Get out of here, jock. (laughs) All right. We're going to do a three-way phantom internet high five. Yeah. So you know how to do the high five, Kyle. But come in from the side. We'll all clap in the middle. And then we'll invert and go up while making a raspberry noise. You ready for this? All right. Sounds good. All right. You better be. We're actually doing it. So you better be doing it too, Kyle. I'm doing it right now. All right. Three, two, one. Oh man. oh man this is fun kyle thanks so much for coming on bro i'm glad really we finally it. got to have you on this was a good time yeah thank you guys check out our episode our letters episode to Please hear more do. about will Rowe hood keep up with us on facebook instagram and twitter at launchpad pod and on our website launchpadpod.com till next time we're the rocketeers with our guest kyle and we are out ignition sequence start six five Four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.